welcome to the awesome final episode of the fourth season of the Family Road Trip Podcast. Inconceivable. You never know what you're going to get. Greg and Stephanie Schleter and our wonderful road trippers for the finale. Mm -hmm. So, Steph, it has been seven amazing weeks, and who would have thought seven weeks ago that we would be confronted with some of these challenges, not the least of which is this coronavirus thing sweeping the world and uniting us all in a place of need beyond our technological control and power that unites us, though. We talked about the book Tribe, Sebastian Younger, and his chronicle of history of how these circumstances throughout history bring us together. They ease the white knuckles of our controlling hands and souls on these things that we can have a greater reliance on what? God. Or we're left in a place of despair. We're left in a place of um, self-reliance. And so all of us face that ultimate decision in the midst of our lack of control in these circumstances that surround us. They punctuate our human condition. And with that, we either choose to try to rely on ourselves and our own control, or we surrender and we trust in God all the more. And how important that it's landing this Holy Week, the holiest week uh, of the year that the church gives us, revealed in the person of Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, who awakens to us our very nature of surrendering our trust in ourselves. Jesus in the garden who says, Lord, let this pass before me, not as I will, but as you will. Each of us here now, discovering through these seven weeks and in our marriages and families and are facing everything now in the coronavirus stuff and all that we will face this decision of will we surrender to the will of the Father and trust that what he reveals, he will accomplish. What he calls us to, he will provide for. I think we just need to punctuate that right now as we go into this Holy Week and uh, come out on the other end seeking the outpouring, ever greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So blessed to have, though, our three heroic families with us who've been sharing with us their own journey of putting the flag in the sand amidst their uh, already existing high level of piety, a love of God, Catholicity, seeking to be formed, right? Other um, practices that have uh, seeking to make God present. But the challenge for many of us is making it an atmosphere of relationship with Jesus Christ alive in us at the heart of religion, at the heart of ritual. And all of them have shared the struggles and the challenges and the grace that pours forth when we embrace it, when we put that flag in the sand, make that time on a weekly basis to talk and pray. And the tool that we're using is found at ilovemyfamily.us, new every week based upon subsequent Sunday readings. And hopefully, Steph, it's going to continue, and we hope we'll hear our wonderful family uh, road, road trippers. trippers. Thank you with us. Um, just you know, sharing that God desires our atmospheres of our homes to be um, defined by this uh, opportunity to gather and to talk and pray. That it's in the atmosphere, not even just in special moments. So, since we do have this unique occasion of the coronavirus surrounding us, we have been asking at the beginning of our episodes how they're doing with it, and uh, as we're now into probably the third or fourth week of quarantine like conditions. And we do know that these two weeks in particular were told by our president and others, they're significant, that they uh, mark a kind of epicenter of the struggle. New York is already in the midst of it and the rest of the country, probably a week or two weeks behind. We know we're going to face some difficult times and many are going to face it far greater than us. So we want to keep them in prayer. We want to have our hearts united in the heart of Jesus uh, in this journey through Calvary to resurrection, that we're united with Christ and all those who are suffering 
right now. We lift this up in prayer, united with you. are you guys doing? What is new? What is maybe a new insight, challenge, or insight as a result of your family navigating through these coronavirus storms? Let's begin with the Knights. I would say that we're right now, we're, we're learning in the last two, three weeks how to, to interact with each other more since mm-hmm. I've been home for going on three weeks now and my wife has to work at home. Things are starting to settle down. We're getting routines. Mm. And it's helpful now that it's spring break, we can stop doing the schoolwork and then just work on having Mm. fun and interacting. From the love of my own comfort, from the fear of having nothing, from a life of worldly passions. I'm working on becoming more of a disciple of fishing along with our, <laughs> awesome. our honeydew list. So I get a couple days of that, you know, the boats in the water. So awesome. But also, we, you know, we get to interact a little with that, but also, you know, the yard work and the house and as a family, you know, we get to do a little bit. We get to be more structured, do our own 24 hour awesome. schedule instead of being tied to somebody else. So it's mm-hmm. been, ex- it's actually been a break. Very much looking forward to that night beer-battered fish fry, which I know is right around the corner when we are released from our quarantine. You're more than welcome. Awesome. Kathy? I'm on break this week, so we are getting a bunch of cleaning done and clearing things out, and it's a great metaphor for spring, you know, Mm. making room for the new, and so we're trying to stay positive. You know, they're putting that forecast out about you know, how we reintegrate and that causes a little anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, But I found that we are moving back to things like the rosary and Mm. the litany of trust and um, we have more time to do that, and it's been really helpful. So That's awesome. awesome. One yeah. thing seems sure that we can no longer have or invoke the excuse of, I don't have time. And yeah. I like I delight that you're, you know, um, suggesting returning to recovering some of the beautiful prayers that are at the heart of our church, like the rosary. And uh, we're with you with that, that we have no excuse not to avail ourselves to those and the grace that flows from that. Thank you. From the fear of serving others. Oh, and from the fear of death or trials. Pains. Well, I'm very grateful that it's spring yes. and that we spend more time outside and that just helps all the the school and all that sort of just go a little bit more easily and i think also now so it's been three weeks you know it all happened so quickly with all the changes in schedule took us all by surprise but now i, I feel like at least for me i'm starting to look into the future and say mm-hmm. okay like i might need to have some mindset shifts i might need to you know talk to my husband about mm. ways that we can change our family routine so that I can still do the things that I want to do that I've been doing during school hours, but mm. now I'm responsible for school hours. When I taste your goodness, I shall not 
responsible for Holy Week. I mean, right. there's the priests are still out there and everything, but um, we have to. It's just a reminder, I guess, that we always are responsible for our own spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. That's a great <laughs> um, point. And so, you know, how how can we make this something that is memorable within our home, which we should always be doing? That's I'm awesome such. and beautiful. I, I uh, It harkens back to a homily Father Adam Hertzfeld gave in our parish before all of this hit. And in so many words, my sort of uh, reducing it to this, our salvation is not going to be accomplished by the president, pope, pastor, or principal. It's going to be accomplished by parents, and that always existed, as you indicate here. And these circumstances really shine a very bright light on the parents' irreplaceable, unequivocal role of fostering that culture and uh, inviting us to, to dig deep in ways that are beyond our experience, right? Beyond our tool shed, tool kit, set, whatever that fun little phrase (laughs) is, toolbox, Um, and how awesome that parents are humbly leaning into that. And I hear you grappling with that, as every parent I'm sure is. We just have to encourage all of you out there to know that um, you may feel ill-equipped, but whatever you do, God has appointed you and anointed you, and just, just do it. Just make it happen. So, Greg, I'm glad that you brought that up, because I think those are such great words of encouragement. Father Adam's homily, um, the scripture that he was speaking on, was um, the Great Commission to go out to all the ends of the earth, you know, and evangelize, basically, and baptize, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, how did that happen just with the 12, right, to really all corners of the earth, right, know Jesus Christ or who he is? And um, he brought it back to the homes. He said it was the early church where the message, the gospel message spread, and those who came to fall in love with the Lord, it happened in their homes. And it was a challenge to all of us to reclaim the domestic church, to reclaim the responsibility um, and the great privilege that our children's souls were entrusted to us. So perhaps it was they were prophetic words, obviously not knowing mm. what was coming. But I, I pray that he knew. Those, he's a prophetic dude. Yeah, he is. <laughs> that those are words of encouragement for families um, looking for another positive thing. And certainly, we can say, you know, with great sincerity, that we're all going deeper into our faith and all these other opportunities. But what a beautiful reminder that that is how evangelization happened, that that is how the world came to know the message of Christ Mm. and the person of Christ was in the homes. So rock on, Michelle. Seth. Well, so it has been part of it. Part of the time has been the same because I'm still working. It's just going down to the basement. But it has (laughs) been really great. uh, The times of... (laughs) of spending time together reading scripture. Um, But the thing that's been on my mind recently in this time is that, you know, we have our evening prayer um, tradition where, you know, we we pray with the girls as we're putting them to bed. And, and part of that time is I have, you know, a little, little plastic bottle of of holy water and I will Mm -hmm. bless, um, bless, you know, both the girls and Michelle with holy water. And a few nights ago, Miriam, our older daughter, uh, she she looked at me and she said, "Daddy, why are you the one that always blesses us with holy water and not mommy?" Mm. And so I'm like, "Wow, that's a that's a good question." And so I tried to think for a second. The first thing that came to my mind was, 
I said, well, you know, in Israel, back before they got a king, every mm-hmm. every household was a small, you know, the father was the priest of his household. Mm-hmm. And so and so I said, well, and I'm taking that role as well. I'm, you know, I'm taking the role as the priest of this household. But it made me begin to think and this time, especially the time that we've had weekly doing the, you know, doing the Libet guide, but you know, the time of morning prayer and the time that we've had together growing spiritually as a family has really made me think about the practical side of what it means to be the spiritual head of the household. Mm. I've always kind of wrestled with that on an intellectual level, but this has really helped me to start to see on a practical level what it means for me to have that role. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Seth. Great words of wisdom and, and hopefully an encouraging challenge to, to, the uh, men. to the men out there. And across town, as Greg likes to say, actually across states today, <laughs> we won't tell, um, the Seymours. Well, you know, as I've said before, we're, we're having fun with the games and the extra prayer time and all that good stuff. Because um, we're normally so busy with soccer and everything else in the world. But, you know, I think this week has started to wear away on us where um, you can see the kids picking on each other more. Mm-hmm. They're in the uh, we don't have all those distractions in life that we normally have where we get to run to soccer practice or track practice or you know go here and there for different things and um, it's hard because we miss the community and those things but uh, those were really distractions from things that are important here showing us that we really need to work on you know our beautiful self-control in our own ho- home when we're annoyed mm-hmm. with each other or how we treat one another and Saint-making stuff, custom-designed family saint-making stuff. You're talking about eight children, number eight coming soon. And so you have unique, challenging circumstances with that crew and with a wide range of ages. And praise God for your yes to that. Praise God for, as you guys know, recognizing that uh, the Messiah is in the mess. And um, for any parents who are struggling with any number that or more or less, Hang in there. God's in it, and your kids will remember that. They'll be forged in it. And we do misstep, and we do misspeak, and we don't always get it right. But to forge in our kids, if you will, that that mercy space of knowing, hey, I'm imperfect. Mom and dad are imperfect. These circumstances are imperfect. And Christ entered the imperfect. And uh, let's go there with them. Awesome. Brett. Kind of echoing what Nikki said, you know, the kids are starting to show some of the strain of being cooped up together. Um, and we found an opportunity to get away to uh, a summer lake home. And even in that, when you're socially quarantining yourself from people, it really means six to 10 feet. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you can get out and play yard games together and shoot hoops together. And that's hard for the kids. So, uh, but we really have appreciated the good times also, right? I mean, the more family time together, more prayer time together. and. It will be in the faith in Jesus Christ and his support that will help get us all through this. Awesome. That was awesome. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind.
folks, so blessed that you are with us on this season finale of the season four Family Road Trip Podcast. If you go to ilovemyfamily.us, we're keeping it very real. You see the image of a road under foreboding skies and thunder and lightning. And often that is the image that we face in our homes of seeking to make them places of ever deepening encounter with Jesus Christ. It's a lot of words, but the bottom line is God fashioned us for intimacy. He fashioned us to desire to be loved at our deepest core and to love others. And there's no place more significant than in our marriages and families where that needs to happen. And if we're all really honest, most of the time we're kind of just sketching it. We're kind of just connecting the dots. One of our beautiful road trippers here is a artist, Michelle Payne. And so she gets texture and she gets color that uh, what would be the value of a painting if it was just to connect the dots? No, it's the flush with color that a family is meant to be. And we're discovering that this week in particular, this Holy Week, under the circumstances of the coronavirus, we want to just proclaim that corona means crown. And we want to bring it under the crown, the authority, the sovereignty of God who sees all this on the day he comes in glory i will choose you lord i will choose to trust in you even if i don't understand it equipped no matter what circumstance I face. I recognize, Lord, in the midst of that is a choice to either try to go at it alone, on my own, or to say, Lord, I will trust in you. thinking of the JP2 quote and um, charge, if you will, do not waste your suffering. Mm. The church needs it. And the church is everybody, right? And I was just struck by that listening and, you know, hearing also the, the phrase that we grew up with and have passed along for better and for worse to our children about offering it up. Mm. And so in these trials, which in the grand scheme of things aren't so bad for most of most us, of us but in those moments of frustration or family tension or um, even anger, like, oh, my gosh, I just want to go outside and talk mm. with people and, you know, get back to normal. Those are sufferings. And mm. the Lord does not want us to waste those. And, you know, recently we've um, discovered different people um for example, a very dear friend of ours who's a priest back in Erie, Pennsylvania, his older brother is on his deathbed and he can't be with him. Praise God, he was able to give him last rites before he was, you know, taken to a, a different area. Mm, but he's dying alone, you know, and our, our health care workers and those who put their lives on the line daily. God bless you and, all. Um, just so many people who are experiencing such tremendous crosses 
if we could take those sufferings that we're experiencing in whatever small way and deliberately and intentionally say, Lord, I offer this up for, and think of that person that you know of or that you heard or that you read about or whatever. So that's, I guess, my word that I feel like the Spirit put on my heart to share with you is don't waste suffering, unite it, and there's so much power and grace in it. Amen. So in this Holy Week, we're going to turn to our fellow road trippers. And in this Holy Week, we're asking you to share an encounter moment in your life. Often we go through these movements of Holy Week or even Mass every Sunday where we we renew it. And we ask the question, what real impact has Christ's life, death, and resurrection had on me? You know, how am I different? Uh, And so we ask you who are listening right now to consider the same question. What's a real moment in your life that illustrates Christ's real, redeeming, transforming presence and power? What is the witness that we're giving to that? And right now we're asking, putting our wonderful road trippers on the spot and simply asking them to share one distinct such story. Let's begin with the Knights. This is Chris, and I've had many of those moments, but recently have had one, and I think it was more of a healing and a little bit of transforming it. And it was last year with with the, the, you two and uh, mm-hmm. our October retreat. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably the first time my wife and I've gotten away for three days, probably in probably five years. There's always ways to build, heal wounds that we have, scars. We build walls we don't see. Personally, I was in a place of, I was in a rut, you know, obviously for my marriage, it was, I was becoming kind of struggling. Mm-hmm. trying to keep up working seven days a week and it just happened to be the one weekend out of five i was off so you know that's that is good that's amazing just everything aligning is almost like the stars aligning to have the experience so that in itself was you know a blessing but they go through the whole experience with you two the other couples mm-hmm. the relationships we connected it's it's a growing it was a mm-hmm. it was a foundation for growth and it helped kathy and i mm-hmm. i mean more me probably than her i can't speak for her but yeah. obviously for me it, it Gave us a time to talk alone, peaceful, quiet, go through the process of anybody's got to do a retreat, their other, you know, their significant other, their spouse. That that was, uh, it was huge for me. That's awesome. And I thank you both for that. Chris, thank thank you you so much. We're blessed by that. And of course, for us, as with any good retreat, it's just about setting the stage for us to encounter him who does heal and transform. And and for Stephanie and I, we're blessed every time we've done these retreats to to go deeper with that grace being outpoured and everything you're sharing. Thank you so much. But for any who are listening, uh, if you're married and you're looking for an opportunity to really uh, connect with Christ alive in your marriage and home, together with other couples, give us a holler. I'm using my old-fashioned term, holler. Give us a shout-out, greg at massimpact.us. We call it a Mission One Retreat. It's for three days. And essentially, there's four movements to this. God Alive Personally or Kingdom Alive Personally, Kingdom Alive Marriage, Kingdom Alive in Our Family, and Kingdom Alive in the World. Really just seeking to receive the grace that Christ promises. And everything that he has promised in the fullness of our church, we structure for us to consider that, discuss it, pray into it, and really encounter God in a deep, meaningful way. So thanks so much for that, Chris. Kathy? Well, this one was a hard one this week because it, um, you know, it causes uh, some, us to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and transparent. But uh, most of my transformative healing comes in the sacrament of reconciliation. So I had to think back about those um, and it happens every time, but there's one that sticks out the most. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It was when I was having trouble with my in-laws when we first got married and mm -hmm. my stepson was living with us and they were kind of at the root of a lot of strife in our home. Mm -hmm. And that fourth commandment kept popping up in my confessions. Mm -hmm. And I remember a priest telling me that honoring Chris's parents didn't mean you know, visiting them and allowing harmful interactions. It simply meant desiring the good mm. of another. Beautiful. And I was like, great, how am I supposed to desire their good when right. I'm over <laughs> licking my wounds? Right, mm. right, right. Um, and I needed to forgive them. Mm. Uh, but that process of forgiveness couldn't begin until we were safe. Mm. Um, so Chris provided that safety for us. He, like Greg always says, he stuck his flag in the sand and said, mm no more contact mm -hmm. because sometimes love involves separation mm -hmm. and absolutely but ultimately i think god desires wholeness and healing mm -hmm. so chris and i work really hard to filter out those what would you call them, generational curses i don't know wounds yeah um which isn't easy mm -hmm. it keeps us at the mercy of god's grace it really does and looking back maybe that's why we were compelled to name our daughter Grace. Because we knew how much, how greatly um, we were going to need Grace mm. moving forward. And we still do. That's so. awesome. Is Grace in the vicinity? No. I was going to have her give us a woohoo. But anyways, she's been, she's done some cameos through this yeah. season. And we encourage any who are listening right now, if you want to hear the fuller, flush, authentic, genuine story, the blood flowing through the veins of each of these wonderful couples, Go back and listen to the episodes. I know each one will move you, especially if you follow them chronologically. I love my family.us. Let's go now to the pains. Pains, share with us an encounter moment in your life, a story that illustrates Christ's real redeeming healing, transforming presence and power in your life. Well, my story, the, the one that kept coming back to me, and I thought at first it wasn't really a great example, but the more I thought about it, the more I think God was just kept pushing it in my brain. Um, the, the story that I'd shared a, a few weeks ago about the, the period of my life in college when I really struggled with my faith. Um, looking back, I see how Jesus was working through the life of two people in uh, that were in my life. One was the the chaplain that I the mm -hmm. chaplain that I had talked about in that you know when I was sharing that a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. but also my my older brother, mm -hmm. and they both in this time of life when I was really doubting God and even thinking about just giving up my faith altogether, what they both really impressed on me in a number of different ways and times in talking to me was that one, that God was so much bigger the, than the image that I had of mm, him. Great insight. And that, and two, that my time of doubt, my doubt, my questions, and even sometimes my anger couldn't hurt God. Mm -hmm. God was God was so big that he could not be hurt and and that it was okay you know that I shouldn't feel I should never feel like I I should never feel guilty because of my anger and my doubt that that God was bigger than that and that it was okay and that when I was ready I could just return to him and he would be there for me mm -hmm. And that he would never leave me, but he would be ready for me when I came back. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you, Seth. Michelle? Well, the moment that came to mind when I was reflecting on this was um, really the moment when I realized that I needed to become Catholic and join the Catholic Church. 
Um, and that happened after I had spent a year studying in Italy, but then also went back um, for a semester to work with the study abroad program. So I had been developing relationships. I developed a relationship with um, a family who was part of the charismatic Catholic movement. Mm. I had developed relationships with some sisters who were hosting us in their had had been a, previously had been a school, but now a religious hospitality house. Um, and because sisters have to follow the market also. Right. Um, <laughs> Amen. And, um, and just other people that I had come to know during that time. And so I was, I had gone to mass, I had a, attended mass at, in the side chapel of the cathedral in, this is in Orvieto, which is a small town. And there's a relic there of a Eucharistic miracle mm. um, where blood drips from, had dripped from the host mm. um, wow. in the 1200s. It's the miracle of Bolsena. You can look it up. Um, and, but there's, there's like a cloth there, a bloodstained cloth. And this, this really seemed to be um, very medieval in like the most pejorative sense of the word to me. <laughs> Was um, there a guillotine in the background? <laughs> well, just, you know, very superstitious and mm -hmm. legend and all of these things. Um, but over time, I began thinking about it. And the more that I, you know, worshipped and went to mass because we didn't, there was no other place to go for church. There's no Protestant churches in this mm. town. I just, I came to realize that God in the Eucharist was God in the church, mm -hmm. was God in each of us. And it's the same God and that those three things are like, kind of like their own little trini trinity. There are all these overlapping circles um, and that God in the Eucharist makes us the body of Christ. Awesome. We are, our bodies are the body of Christ, which make up the body of Christ, fueled by the body of Christ. Awesome. <laughs> um, and so that I had, I just had a moment in when I was sitting there, and the the walls are all painted with all these other stories of Eucharistic miracles, you know, from and the the paintings are you know 600, 700 years old. I was like, okay, these stories are crazy, but um, but the people that I know here who have welcomed me and loved me and showed me um, showed me more about Jesus and more about the church than I knew before um, in my my faith up to that point. I said, mm -hmm. that's that's not crazy. That's real. That's love. I said, I think I think this is real. I think Jesus mm. is telling me that I need to be. I need to be a part of this. I need to dive into That's this. That's awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Michelle, Michelle, thank you so much for that. Across states, all the way to Seymourville, reporting remotely from their vacation summer place. <laughs> How about the Seymours? What do you got for us? Well, we're determining who's going to go first. Yeah. Today, so. <laughs> They're nudging each other. Rock, hammer, scissors. We're elbowing each other here to decide. Last week I referred to, um, you know, I had this moment with that song, Just Be mm -hmm. Held. Mm -hmm. um, I was at a pretty low time and um, really struggling and 
that song came on and I, I really felt God's love for me just kind of envelope and, and hold me during that time, which is something I really needed. And the transformation that took place that sticks out most to me in my mind um, is going from, you know, I was, I was pretty prayerful at the time during that time period in my life before even and visiting the sacraments and such. But um, there was maybe a feeling of kind of a distance of you pray to this God and these remote prayers and personal prayers, but that I just didn't feel his presence maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and in that moment when I heard that song and I knew that he was there with me, something just transformed in with me that, you know, I just, I, I know that he's always with me. And now when I pray and talk to him, it's, it's more personal than it ever used to be, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't really know how to put it. Yeah, absolutely. A gift and a grace for sure. It is a, it was a beautiful encounter for me and it continues to, you know, affect my relationship mm -hmm. now that it's more, more personable, I guess. Awesome. You know, experience something like that. So in his book, fulfillment of all desire, Ralph Martin speaks of uh, this continuum that we're all destined for of intimacy with God called sainthood. And obviously an integral part of this is God does desire us to experience him. He does say to us for any of us, um, who are maybe facing dry spells and all that, again, which God does use to forge in us a pure, authentic love of him, to pray and ask him, ask him for a deeper desire of connection and experience and encounter. That may be what many people right now who are listening uh, at our very core, we're, we're yearning for. Lord, reveal yourself to me all the more. I want to know you. I want to experience you. If God didn't care about that, he wouldn't have taken on flesh and blood. He wouldn't have entered into our human experience, not just 2,000 years ago and by way of story or memory, but he wants right now, right here, and of course we've heard the testimony of the Eucharist tonight, but uh, in our hearts, in our spirits, he wants us to know his profound love for us. And your testimony, I think, just gives great witness that those of us who've been in the faith maybe a long time, have been observant, have been pious, maybe we're kind of missing that and disregard it. Well, God doesn't disregard it. It's important to him. Brett? Yeah, I've had a number of them over the last... Uh five or six years, but one in particular, um, I think that really got to me uh, was, you know, you guys used to put on some events called Ignite, and we were mm -hmm. at an Ignite event uh, with you all at St. Joan of Arc, and, you know, in that evening, a beautiful prayer and adoration and confession, um, there was singing, and your, your children, actually Joseph and Grace, were singing a mm -hmm. song uh, called Reckless Love. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, there was a moment in there where you're hearing about all of the things when you're so down in your life. Mm -hmm. Things aren't perfect. And I found the way you paid it all You have been so, so kind That God will do anything and everything to come and get you. Mm -hmm. And I just remember that moment is a moment where it really mm. said to me, no matter what's wrong, mm. God is always there. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. We're on a mission for God. That was awesome. <laughs> Yeah. 
folks. So blessed that you're with us in the Family Road Trip podcast, the season finale. The journey continues as we are landing in this particular episode, but it continues because God wants us to journey with him as a way of life. And you can find out more about that at ilovemyfamily.us. And we're going to go around one final time to punctuate this uh, seven-week wonderful journey. So let's go to the Knights and ask the question, how have you personally grown over these seven weeks? How has your marriage and family grown? And where would you like to be in your marriage and family a year from now? Take time to make time, make time to be there. Okay, I'm, I got picked to go first, so I'm going to go <laughs> first. And how have I personally grown? I would say that this is seven weeks. One, it's gone fast. Mm. And it's been a lot of transformation for me from working mm. six, seven days a week. Now these last three weeks being off, I think it's been part of the journey of going through this and doing the live it each week, you know, it's prepared me more to be able to handle the situation, mm-hmm. you know, doing the weekly readings and having my daughter, my wife there. So I try to be the uh, leader of the family and it's hard sometimes, mm-hmm. challenging. So, but being more connected with them and they're, they're we're more there for each other spiritually. Yes. And also, you know, we listen to each other, mm-hmm. we get to talk to each other. It's been more engaging. So that's been good for me because I'm, I'm a person that needs to have interaction. I need to know how people mm-hmm. are doing. I'm very verbal, so I need mm-hmm. to I need to be connected. So that 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 has helped me grow personally. Awesome, Kathy. How about you on the personal level? How have you personally grown over the past seven weeks? I think the past seven weeks, I've grown in my commitment to read scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, and that always uh, grows my relationship with Jesus because I get to know Him better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never read scripture so much and so often. Um, and I think it opened up a part of me that wants to draw nearer to him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and awesome. to know him is to love him. And it's I amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. How has your marriage and family grown nights? I, I think together, together, doing this together, you know, we've recommitted each other. Mm-hmm. I've got to know, we've gotten to know each other better. Mm-hmm. I think my wife and I've gotten to know each other a little bit more because we actually sit down. We set a time aside before we started trying to do it at the kitchen table and stuff. We've got more of a routine. So, you know, it's, we've gotten to know our daughter, I think, you know, just see us interact different together than she gets to as a family, you know, interact. And she has a piece, you know, puzzle. She's starting to see where she fits in, Mm. you know, not just going to school, but how we also live it at home. So literally living it. I think the um, apologies part has been a lifeline Mm. to us in our relationship with each other as a couple and as parents. Um, There's something about humbling yourself before each other Mm -hmm. that builds trust and gives us a way back to each other when we mess up. Right. Um, And it's more balanced now with each of us doing it equally. Right, right. Just one. Right. (laughs) Um, So... And like Chris said, we're getting to know each other in a spiritual realm, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, how was your day or how was work or what Mm -hmm. did you learn at school today? But how did you feel about that reading? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's been beautiful. So, so good. And where would you like your family to be, your marriage and your family a year from now? Definitely, definitely healthier staying and, you know, with what the state of the world is nowadays. You know, um, right. In our, our marriage, if I found, you know, ours is pretty solid, you know, where we're at, but I'd like to be, to be more spiritual, you know, and being more of us, you know, being the leader of the family and also, and Kathy tends to take that, 
we kind of co-lead, but be more of a leader in that. She's more of a leader, be more co-leader, me personally, for our, myself with our family, mm -hmm. but also, you know, just making it stronger, more secure, and, and making it a great household, you know, continued for its grace in the next year. She's gonna become a preteen, so she can be comfortable, you know, herself, because right. those are always trying years if we look back. Yeah, it's your epic. spiritual seatbelt on, huh? That's yeah, right, it's be, that's it's right. Gonna a, it's gonna be a tough ride, especially the drive. <laughs> so yeah. good. I think a year from now, I, I want this um, live it to be a way of life, mm -hmm. to be a habit more than just a novelty. Um, and I agree, I'd love to see my husband um, even deeper into that spiritual leadership role. Um, and I would like to be more holy, gentle wife. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I waffle between being passive and overreacting or, but, um, so I'd like to be more like how I imagine Mary to be. Mm -hmm. so. Amazing, epic, mm -hmm. both of you guys punctuating these key things that all of us are pressed with, you know. Uh, Chris, speaking of wanting to be a godly man and leading, just the desire itself is such a fruit of the Holy Spirit and to have some sense of what that looks like. And now that you've verbalized it, you know, we're brothers in Christ. And we've got this community around us that we can really grow together with that. And certainly, Kathy, just your delightful expression of uh, the challenge and, of course, that gentleness that you're speaking of and awareness, which I know men can derive from that also, but women uh, hearing that. So thank you guys so much. That was Let's go to the pains. Each of you could share a way you've personally grown over the past seven weeks. Well, thinking back to you know, father and husband being the spiritual head of the household, one of the things that really struck me, especially in um, the times where we had our live meetings with the girls, is that you know, I had this picture in my mind of the spiritual head of the household as just being the one that said, okay, this is how we're all going to grow spiritually. This is what you're going to do, and this is what you're going to do, and this is what you're going to do. But, and, and I never wanted to be that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Didn't want to live with that either. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, the, but the image that's coming to my mind now is I think of this image of, you know, when, when, a, when an acorn falls into the ground and you see this little sprout start to grow. Hmm. And so I've been looking at, you know, both of our girls and in our, in our encounters, in our meetings, but even in other conversations that we've had about, you know, about God and Christianity and the church and seeing this, this little bit of a, an oak sprout that's coming out mm. and seeing that as the beginning of their spiritual walk and just being so honored and blessed and excited to be part of their spiritual growth and just, just kind of looking forward to how amazing it's going to be. Be to see them grow closer to God, to uh, to be excited to to serve in the church and serve their neighbors, and and just just how God is going to work mm. in their lives, and that's been just been really big for me in the past seven weeks. That's awesome. So, You've so kind exciting. of encapsulated the whole realm of these questions, Seth. Just you, how you've grown in your marriage and family, but also anticipating where you want to be a year from now. I won't take that from you if you have more to add, but you know, you just beautifully <laughs> integrated it in the full span. Michelle, how about you personally over the past seven weeks? Doing the, the lit meetings um, regularly over the last seven uh, seven weeks, Combined with um, world circumstances, right, mm -hmm. combined with, um, I guess, a moment in our family where my kids as, at ages five and seven are 
transitioning out of the the moment where they're all about them and their bodily needs and mm-hmm. I've actually I've begun reflecting more on what it like what is my responsibility to these people not just to these like little mm. things that gobble up everything in sight like my energy and my attention and my food and mm. um, my clean floor and like <laughs> there's so a book well in the put. making there's yeah. a child's, child's book there book yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. stay tuned written and illustrated by Michelle Payne can't wait <laughs> so so just thinking, you know, oh, these are these are people that are are growing in my house, and and now you know they are getting older, and I'm starting to look at them more as as people that I have a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in, like in terms of how our family has grown, I think in doing these meetings and giving the space for the apologies and the affirmations, and you know they're little, but they've like I've shared before, like they affirmed me, they've apologized to me, they it's helped me see them and then also grow our relationship and see our relationship mm-hmm. in a new way. Um, and then, you know, that combined with also school at home and church mm-hmm. at home and all these things um, I'm seeing, I guess I'm seeing my role in helping them grow in a different way than I had uh, before. One of the things that's been great about having the live meetings is helping to see, helping to show the girls that this is all, integrated our life mm. our faith the, you know the bible or the church it's all it's all integrated with each other they're not compartmentalized right. and so That's i it. think in, in our reflections on the gospel uh every week it, i think they've started to see that and it's been neat to see them kind of just start to see how this all fits together so awesome and i have to say as you have little ones and everyone here has kind of little ones. We've had little ones who are now age uh, almost 22 down to almost 15. And uh, the unique challenges that each uh, developmental era presents, I'll simply say that what this is about is providing the atmosphere, the platform, the fundamentals of relationship that allow us to deal with the changes that allow us to open the doors, to converse, to listen, to apologize, to forgive, to have an occasion of prayer for one another, to be merciful, to be empathetic. And I'll say this, when we haven't done it, when we've allowed a week or two or three to go by without it, and we've just maybe relied on, as I am in the habit of doing in the car, every time I drive, I'd say, okay, let's pray. So we'd have moments like that. But when we avoid or haven't done the flag in the sand, significant, make it sacred time, I know the contrast is so great. I experience that grace flowing. I experience the the resistance maybe on the part if they haven't done it, but also the desire and breaking into it again. So I think that rhythm of, of, of not giving up ground, not giving up territory and realizing when you have and then reclaiming it kind of punctuates how important it is for our homes to be those sorts of places. So encouraging you guys and all who are listening out there of just that's what this is about, creating an atmosphere that allow us to keep that grace flowing no matter what circumstances we're facing. That was awesome. To the Seymour's. Uh, a question for each of you. How have you personally grown over the past seven weeks? Uh, I think for me, this is Brett, uh, I think for me, uh, much like what Chris said, um, you know, there's a point in time when you are the spiritual leader as the husband in the household. And uh, that's really become 
more of a role that I fulfill as we've gone through this last seven weeks, right? So I think it's one that's difficult. Um, it's a challenge that I've said before on this show that I accept. Uh, and I think that for me, I think I've gotten better at that through this this period of time and hope to grow at mm. it even more over the coming years and the rest of our uh, married life together and with our family. Awesome. We just had somebody knock on our door. So I'm just giving me a quick moment here. You're laughing, Steph. My wife is rounding the corner and laughing. What's that all about? Sorry. No, what? Who was that? So they, they kept, because it was picking it up. Anyway, someone wanting to give us a roof estimate, but they were very oh. persistent. Oh, so our apologies. So let's, uh, awesome. Let's continue. Nikki. Um, I've personally grown. Um, by actually seeing a lot of my weaknesses over mm. the past seven weeks. And that, um, you know, as Brett said, he struggled a little bit to lead the family in the beginning. And I think naturally for me as the homeschool, I used to be the school teacher. I was a teacher by training that I, I kind of started taking over the meetings a lot just because I was used to <laughs> kids. And right. in my heart, I, I knew it was wrong. I wanted Brett to do it, but he was kind of fumbling with it and now we're kind of in the transition, I think, of me not doing it as much and trying, and he's mm-hmm. kind of taking it over because I think that's the right thing. Um, so that was a weakness that I had. And also, you know, one of my biggest weaknesses is I don't really share my feelings and emotions very well. Mm-hmm. And I, I see that with our children. You know, we tend to not um, really talk about things important in our hearts and our mm-hmm. minds. We joke about them or push them aside mm-hmm. or find some distraction to avoid talking about them mm-hmm. and we do that a lot so that's one of my biggest weaknesses and hopefully going forward I have been working on that. So. That's awesome you both put on center stage a key area for many Catholic couples and that is that women have tended to be the spiritual leaders they are the ones who typically spend most of the time with children and they tend to be by God's design equipped emotionally maybe that empathetic thing to be relational and connecting but uh, as a result men who have a very important role of leading have sort of maybe been pushed outside and um, here's you're giving great testimony of the fact that men have been given tremendous gifts and invited to be present and to be, and, and to be invited to be leaders and to engage in the ways that only they know how it's obviously a complementarity. It's a beautiful image of God in man and woman. Absolutely. But I do think the distinct challenge today is that men recognize their unsurpassed role. Um, all the stats obviously reveal this, the significance of a man being a spiritual leader of the house and the impact on children versus women, regardless of faith. Uh, that children will trend towards the leadership of the father. They will find their anchor in the father's uh, example. And I just uh, love your honesty with the difficulty in sharing real deal emotions and how, you know, kind of either setting them aside or joking about it. I think that is quite common for many, many, many families and for various reasons. One, different personalities. Two, maybe perhaps... um, you know, different wounds or upbringings or whatever. But to put that on center stage and the grace of acknowledgement is so huge and the desire to be able to go more deeply and the platform that we pray that this gives to be able to do that. And, you know, for some, it happens more immediately and for other times, you know, and Nikki, I think I'm a little more like you, you know, depending upon my space or my mood or, you know, what child just really hopefully unintentionally hurt me or ticked me off, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that that natural tendency to just keep it in there, you know, and whatever, but um, and not 
enter in more fully in whatever realm, whether it's the live it gathering guide or other conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, but just that the Lord desires to just pour His light upon it, mm-hmm. to bring it into. Um, the light and to transform it in that way and to teach kids that language of sharing in that way because it only gets better and it only is more beneficial and opens up you know horizons both relationally and spiritually that the Lord just desires so deeply for us to enter into so thank you for that honesty in it Amen. Seymour's, how has your marriage and family grown and where would you like to be in your marriage and family one year from now? Well, I think uh, for me, uh, how has our family and our marriage grown in this seven weeks uh, as we've done this together? I think as you can hear or interpret from some of the conversation is as we begin to get more comfortable with our roles as the parents and we model those things, the apology, true apology Mm -hmm. in those uh, events in the, the family lit gathering, live it gathering guide. And when we do that, you can see the growth of the children and starting to break down that spiritual wall, Mm. uh, that mental breakthrough where they see it's okay to share. It's Mm. okay to be vulnerable with these people because these are the people I should trust. Mm -hmm. And we see the same thing in our marriage, right? So as she's getting more comfortable with me taking the role as the spiritual leader, I'm getting more comfortable in grabbing the reins of doing that. And that journey together uh, is really, really exciting. Awesome. I just Thank hope you. that next year we can continue that. It's awesome. Nikki? Um, I guess I'm going to say kind of the same things Brett's saying, really. Um, yeah, ditto. I'm, I'm a little stuck. I had all sorts of things to say, and then they all got jumbled around, and then I... I went blank, so I'm going with ditto. All good. Hey, folks, is before we land, I just want to ask each of you to impart one line of encouragement to any who are listening right now who are wanting to grow more deeply in their marriage and family to make their homes places of ever-deepening encounter. I would say believe. Believe in yourself. Believe in God. Have faith and, and be strong. That's all you have. You have God, yourself, your family. And you, you do the best you can with what you have and believe it and believe in them. Awesome. And awesome. It, trust. Kathy. I say be brave, love hard. Yeah. <laughs> Reach it, sister. Awesome. Pains. I would say whatever little amount that you can give into in, in investing in the spiritual life of your spouse and your children and your whole family, God is going to take that and just multiply it two, five, ten, twenty times the amount that you put into it. Awesome. Michelle. God doesn't abandon us. Hmm. Mm. Thank you. That's awesome. Seymour's. No matter how challenging it is and how hard it is, continue on and keep working at it because it does get better. And (sighs) my weakness, like I said, is being vulnerable and really sharing um, myself and just be vulnerable and share Mm. yourself. It will allow your kids to also do the same. Yes. Brett. You know, I think uh, like the words in that song, Reckless Love, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. If we all had that, how great the world would be. The old adage of the best time to plant an oak tree or an acorn, I guess, was 10 years ago. And the second best time is right now. Don't give up on the opportunity that the Lord desires to give to you. That was awesome. Yeah, there's
blessed to have you road trippers along with us on this amazing journey. Folks, this is receiving the custom designed retreat that God gives us, that he He loved us so much he didn't want to be distanced from us. He gave us his only son, Jesus Christ, to reveal to us our very nature and to reveal us to a, a plan of perfect intimacy with him. He's defined it for us. He's revealed it. He pours forth the grace to make it possible. Is there ever a better time or a more needy time than those around us to know that God is truly present? Make that time to make it sacred and uh, join us on this journey at ilovemyfamily.us. So blessed to have you guys along this journey. Stay tuned and we look forward to the next season of the Family Road Trip Podcast. God bless you all. Thank you so much for being with us. Have a very blessed Holy Week and into Pentecost. May his kingdom come and his will be done. God bless. On the day he comes and glory.